This is Dr. Track from the Free Buddhist Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. In this episode, the hosts are joined by Dave Taylor to talk about some of the charity auction items that are available for this year's Mova Open. And they're also joined by Caleb Wissenbeck of CK Studios. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of 40K Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is Ashley. Hey, guys. And JF. Well, hello! <laughs> and today we have <laughs> we have a couple interviews for you today. First up, we have Dave Taylor returning to talk about all the awesome uh, charities that are up for raffle at the Nova Open this year, which is at the end of uh, August, beginning of September, if I recall correctly. And then we also have Labor Day weekend. Yes, Labor Day weekend. That's right. And then we'll be joined by Caleb Wissenbach of CK Studios. But as always, we like to start off by telling you what we've been doing lately, hobby-wise. And it's been a little while, so we probably have some good updates for you. Uh, we'll start with JF today. I have not been doing too much because there's a heat wave. And although I have a rather cool apartment because it's in the basement, it's still not super great to paint. So what I decided to do was sculpt. Ooh. And I decided to what do some working on? I'm doing some conversions. Basically, I'm, I'm trying to make my own biovores out of uh, some plastic, um, what are they called? Hive guards. Oh, and interesting. It's, it's going well. I've got all the bits, but for some reason, and I, I don't know if that ever happens to you guys, but you know how to do the thing. You've done the thing before. You're trying to do the same thing, and it's just not working out. So I'm just wasting green stuff. It's very frustrating. <laughs> also, I haven't had that much time to myself because I'm still editing. <sighs> but it's coming together, and I should be done soon. And I'm looking forward to it because I need to get back into the hobbying because I have a team tournament to prepare for. I have a friendly to prepare for. And unfortunately... Whenever I do have time to paint, instead of being smart and painting my 40K things, for which I have deadlines and actual <laughs> events, I've been painting some Malifaux because I have an evil baby orphanage that I'm working on, and, <laughs> and I don't know why that's more appealing to me. Oh, yeah, because I'm editing a horror book and murders on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laugh, <laughs> murder. <laughs> So, yeah, no, not not too much. I mean, and the problem is, I don't know why. Tell me if this is something you guys do, too. When I'm busy painting and building and actually working on hobby stuff, my purchases tend to go down. I don't know if it's because I'm confronted with unfinished products on a regular basis that remind me that I have unfinished products, uh, projects, but I don't buy as much. And then the moment... I don't have time to actually paint or model. How long does it take to buy something? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Uh, it's like I, that's I'm pushing it. That's a little long. Yeah, well, you know, you browse a bit. I could, I could buy an entire army in five minutes. Maybe but two. I, I browse. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is... I impulse is, buy. <laughs> a little. So... I may have bought Soul Wars 
and I may have been buying a bunch of models that I'm not sure I'm going to need <laughs> ever just because they're cool and it's the most unhealthy way, well, for me, not for Games Workshop, of scratching my hobby itch. How are you guys yeah. doing? <laughs> well, I know, I know what you mean because, um, you know, once we started seeing all the previews for Age of Sigmar 2nd Edition, I bought uh, an entire Nurgle Demon Army. As you do. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so I've, uh, yeah, so I, I know where you're coming from. Um, so you've been working on <clears throat> mainly just sculpting. That's That sounds like a really cool uh, project, though. It's, it's going to be super rad when I'm done. I've also been doing some sketches and trying to, because the rest of my team is actually forging, you know, moving forward with the project. And, and they're, since I'm kind of the veteran or one of the two veterans in the team, they're sort of waiting on, on my derriere to move on some decisions. <laughs> so I've also been sketching out some, uh, some ideas for them to work on. Um, so I, it's, it just hasn't been enough. Like, I really want to get back into it seriously, but this editing thing has increased my whiskey consumption, which probably not a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I kind of know where you're coming from. I, um, myself, uh, I've been really wanting to do hobby stuff, um, but I decided I needed to organize all my hobby stuff first. Oh God! Why? So, it, it it had to be done. Uh, I'm not done. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad. It was sort of a bad Jeez, idea. Uh, but um, that's like a hobby in and of itself. I know, and and also <laughs> I decided that before I did uh, before I worked on any more miniatures, I needed to finish some of the terrain I have because I have lots of uh, terrain that needs to be put together and and just taking up space in boxes. So you guys are um, making me feel better about my lack of time <laughs> but um I don't think you can use tax season as an excuse anymore yeah no, i've just I, it's not tax season anymore i've just been sick oh yeah yeah which is awesome um but um so yeah so i've uh i've been putting together some terrain and um i have played quite a few games of 40k i actually played in a, a itc tournament at the local store um, Very cool. Last month, which it was the first time I ever played in an ITC tournament. I haven't played in a tournament since uh, like fourth edition, um, so it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't understand the ITC scoring system the first round, so that sort of hurt. But um, no one does. Yeah. I think. <laughs> After and the fourth and the beginning of my fourth term, where I had no points. I was like, "What's going on? You have like eight points." And then I figured it out. Um, but still, a lot of fun, um, and. I've been playing some Kill Team, which uh, we will start talking about probably in a, our next episode. We're not allowed to talk about it quite yet, um, but I think it's it's a lot of fun, uh, a really cool game, and I, I see a lot of potential there. And we need more time to play more games. Yeah, and um, and I mean, the terrain is excellent. I'm, I'm looking forward to all the new terrain they're going to be doing, too. It's very modular, and it fits uh, well, like sort of like how the uh, Sector Mechanicus stuff from uh, Shadow War Armageddon is a little, you know, you can stack it up and stuff like that. It feels feels like that. It's really cool. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the love story going on between Games Workshop and the Adeptus Mechanicus. Yeah. Although I'm having a little bit of trouble keeping up with the romance. <laughs> There's a lot of cool models in that. Like you I know said. What's, you know what's terrible? I finished reading Mechanicum, 
um, a little while ago. And now all I want to do is start an Adepticus Mechanicus army because, God, that book was good. Listen, listen. Like the the models, the 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 like the background and everything just got so attractive after I read that. But here's the the weird thing about these models is, I mean, I've been I've been building models for over 20 years. Some of them are fun and some of them are not fun. And but for some reason, the Adeptus Mechanicus models are just a blast to build and paint. Like even like the Dune Crawler, I'm on like my fifth Dune Crawler. I can't put five Dune Crawler in my army, <laughs> but they're fun to build. There's just just something about it. So my my suggestion is totally get on that bandwagon because <laughs> it sounded at first have. like you were trying to talk me out of it. No, 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 not at all. And the, the, the weird thing is also for such a young army, there's so many ways to like to to to, to go. Like you can you can go very heavy infantry with a lot of malls, very imperial guard type numbers. Or you can go with very expensive models and just go with just a bunch of robe of expensive robots. Like, dude, already for a young army, there are a lot of various ways to play them, and I don't I don't feel like you see that with other younger armies. Yeah, it's not, not it's to a, that level. I think it's a very very cool army. I am um, one of my uh, friends who was looking to get back into 40k was trying to figure out what to play, and I convinced him to go with Mechanicus, and he's very happy with that choice so far. And Ashley, some of the Mechanicus have a rule where they are literally radioactive. Yes. You oh, understand that better than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm only I'm only slightly radioactive still. And, and I they think. made they made Electro Priest a thing again. Ah, uh, Electro Priest is the best. They're they're just cool looking. They look bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I thought you guys were going to talk me out of this. Oh no, that's not what we're here for. <laughs> called 40k radio it's not uh it's not modelers anonymous you know ashley the the kill team box that comes with a, a sprue mechanicum guess shut your what no and some fantastic terrain uh you know what i'm actually like super kind of into is the carrying case oh yeah the little tiny one yeah like That's what, a, cool what case, a fun yeah. idea so at um adepticon not this year but last year um all of the uh vigs got the foam case yeah, that's from what, Games Workshop. My it's got the, case, it's yeah. got the same foam in it. I love where that it's foam. like I really like that style. It it fits wacky shapes better and it's flexible, but it's still safe. So yeah, I'm probably gonna buy one of those. Well, that's um yeah. When I was uh when I put together my Harlequin army, that's what I was looking for. I was what case can I possibly put these guys in? And that was perfect. So. I also like the the little like custom dice they're gonna have. Yeah, for fun. every that looks like they're gonna do them for every faction, and they have a yeah. symbol on the six now. I'm so pleased that they've decided to <laughs> step away get from with me. the rest yeah. of everyone. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's what I've been doing. So Ashley, how about you? I've been sick. <laughs> it's oh. sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've I've been I've been sick for a little while. Um, yeah, it's strep. And. Right. Well, and then strep on top yeah, of it, which yeah, was yeah. super fun. Um, yeah, I got to do the whole antibiotics and steroid combination to uh, not suffocate from my throat closing up. It was a grand old time. Missed a, missed a week of work. They were thrilled, I'm sure. 
Your choice um, of hobby is befuddling. I know. Why? Right? Like, doesn't it feel like my hobby is being ill anymore? <laughs> so it's the worst. Like, I'm not really that into Nurgle, but he just won't leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You need to do a, a Nurgle army and just, you know, I guess I just embrace Papa Nurgle. Yeah, maybe that's really what I need to do here is just accept it and maybe it'll get better. But, uh, yeah, so no, I, you know, yeah, so I haven't, I haven't been well, I haven't been very well lately and that's been kind of a downer, but, um, I did prep and prime my entire blood rage set for painting. Um, so I tried to, to hobby some, but they're, they're primed. So that's, that's a step in the right direction. And, um, I'm probably going to airbrush them to start because I want to, I kind of want it to be quick, but still look nice. I just don't want to spend buttloads of time on it right now. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to make them look a little bit more interesting, um, particularly each group of the characters that you play. The monsters I'm probably going to spend a long, a lot of time on now, but. That's kind of where I'm sitting at hobby-wise. I just got so much stuff on my my plate personally right now that I'm not trying to do a lot, like yeah. with like my big grand Tyranid scheme. Because when I when I pull that out, like Jesus, that <laughs> do you guys have any idea how long it is taking me to paint these things? Because it's embarrassing at this point how little I've gotten done. I keep changing how I want the scheme to look, and it keeps getting more and more complicated. And I'm thinking, like, I'll maybe be 50 before I finish this army. So, you know. You gotta, you gotta do that thing where you, you know, you, you paint all your stuff to, like, one certain level. Not done, but maybe, like, halfway in between. You know what I mean? Like, the three colors mm-hmm. base kind of thing. So, it, you know, it lo- it looks like it's, you know, just play ready. And then mm-hmm. go back and, and finish stuff. You know, rather than trying to nail down and finish one unit i find that well we have a huge I'm, I'm, I'm just i'm still like working out how i want the scheme to look oh, so i'm not gotcha, trying to gotcha. paint everybody so well it's the thing i keep changing it like so it just sort of keeps like evolving into something more complicated and i think that i finally decided that um i was going with the like the the green and teal kind of or the yellow and teal kind of scheme yeah and now i think i'm going to do like this super insane like galaxy theme Mm, where like cool. they're gonna have like like a like cream colored skin and like the dark carapace and I'm gonna do like like little like galaxies on the carapace because I don't value my free time. <laughs> That'll look um, awesome though. It's so appealing. It just it's so appealing. So I've been looking up lots of tutorials on how people have done it and just different different images and things of how it's gone i have to decide if i want it glossy or if i want it matte i think i'm probably going to go with a little like a light gloss because i think it makes it stand out a little bit better um but like let me tell you what it is just impossible like i have never struggled so much with finding a scheme that i want to do for an army like with my space wolves like when i started first started that army i knew immediately i wanted to do them in like the heresy gray Mm -hmm. that is what i wanted well, and originally they were going to be my Heresy crossover army. Um, but that was before they actually, like, announced that Horus Heresy was going to be a thing. Um, so that kind of, like, screwed that all up. And my demons were, like, a purple and blue theme. And so I just ran with that across the whole army. And it was, like, no problem. But this 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 Tyranid army, they just, I don't know, they're just, they're elusive. 
I don't know what I'm going to do with myself if I can't settle on a scheme for these guys. Yeah. I could have had this army done five times by now if <laughs> I just sat down with the airbrush and just did it. But everything I've done so far just isn't quite what I want, and I don't know why it's not working out the way that I want it to in my mind, but it's just not It's not how I envision the army working yeah. for me. And it's I... it's getting frustrating at this point not really knowing – what I want it to look like. And part of it, I guess, is I'm just super indecisive. Um, I think that you, um, I think you need to take a break from the Tyranids to clear your mind and just well, that's embrace what I'm doing the, the call doing with of the, the Omnissiah. Yep, no, and... no, you guys are the Listen. worst. You guys are the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kill teams are quick thing. Kill teams, 10 models or so at most. You get a nice yeah. little, you know, nice little break. Well, I was, I was thinking about cheating and using my space wolves that I already have for kill team. Cool, yeah. Because they're already paint, because they're already painted. Yeah, but then you know, but then I could, you know, I could also, you know, maybe do uh, mechanicum. Maybe some mechanicum, you know, <laughs> or uh, maybe some works because I definitely Ooh, have some work models laying new, around. New codex coming soon. I uh, see. See, it was not intentional, but it also, you know, happy accident, right? Just the way it works out. I also have some Death Watch guys I could probably use. Like Ooh. honestly, I probably have enough models laying around that I could make a kill team for almost every army. Because you just, you know, these things just sort of accumulate in your house eventually. Oh, here's a couple orcs, here's a couple grey knights, here's a couple death guard, you know, whatever. It's just you just how it rolls. All of a sudden, you know, you have like a little bit of every army. And for kill team that means you have enough for every army. That's where your your impulse buying helps out. Yeah, that and you just sort of you know you tend to accumulate these things. You know, like I was I was right. digging through my boxes last week or the week before looking for I don't even remember what at this point and a whole bunch of Necrons I found. When did I buy Necrons? Where did these come <laughs> from? I can't even I can't even. I can't be held accountable for what I own anymore. It's, it's yeah. like being being a hobbyist in this uh, in this particular day and time is like being a drunk uh, midnight on uh, not online yeah, right. but television shopper. It's like, oh man, Mr. Popeil said I should get two, so I did. <laughs> so I got three. <laughs> exactly, yeah. because the third one was free. You know, you go to a convention, stumble through the vendor hall in the in the the bits trading, and walk out with. Stuff you don't even remember you bought. I mean, story of my life, right? Like, I've got got blood angels laying around. Like, where do these things even come from? <laughs> where do they even come from? Have you guys ever done this where you come back from the store with something you bought that you don't even need immediately? Like, just a box of model you got. Like, you were getting paints and you got some models. And when you get home and you decide, well, I'm not going to work on this yet because I had no need to buy it at all, you put it into your storage space and you realize, ah. Oh, I already had one of those. Uh -oh. How do you think I ended <laughs> yeah. up with like twelve boxes of gargoyles? I thought you just wanted <laughs> a lot of gargoyles. I did. I just didn't realize that I had that many. So you know, I'd buy a box pretty much every time I went to the game store. I think they, I think they caught on and started making sure that they always had a box in stock <laughs> because every time I walked in, I would buy one. To the point that one of the clerks said to me, he said, "Didn't you buy one of these last week?" Oh, yeah, wow. I did actually. But Buy your own more. business, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He was like, he's like, he's like, I thought you bought a box of these last week. I did, but I need this one too. Obviously, I... don't, start... don't, ju don't judge. 
start arguing with the shop owner. Hey, I don't judge your Skittles addiction. Don't judge me. <laughs> no, he he genuinely thought he was being helpful by pointing out that I'm insane. But I bought the box anyway. <laughs> you knew. And well, it's yeah, you know, you don't know until well, you know, cuz some of them are in the hall closet, some of them are in the hobby closet, some of them are next to the painting table. They weren't all together. And then when they were, I realized I might have made some impulse purchases. That uh, maybe just a few. That happened to me when I started buying when I bought my Death Watch army because um you get so many extra weapons and, and whatnot that I mm-hmm. I went on eBay and just bought like a bunch of body uh part like legs and torsos um and the shoulder pads from bit stores and mm-hmm. I think I probably have like forty more Death Watch Marines than I need now. Oh my god. I'm gonna I'm gonna build and paint like nine kill teams. I just know it. Yeah, well that's a great way I don't to even use have, all those models. I don't even have to buy anything. I just have to put the dumb things together and yeah. paint them. Like I've got I've got plenty of stuff together for a Tyranid kill team, for a Death Watch kill team. Like that stuff's already built. Heck, the space wolves are painted. They've been sitting around waiting for this for ages. Obviously, that's it's just just yeah, a matter well, of like time. Anybody, anybody that got that overkill box set that had the Death Watch and the Gene Stealer cult, you know, the, like the Death Watch guys in there are perfect because they're all really. Oh my god, I still count. have the Gene Stealer cult guys. You're totally right. Yeah, so you got the Gene Stealer cult too. Jesus. New, new codex yeah. coming soon for them too. All right. Well, next time we talk, you guys can hear about how many kill teams I've painted. Yeah. I'm looking forward. That does to sound it. like a nice little project, you know, like like five, six models, like just roll yeah, with it. I mean, that's, that's like a that's like an that's like a kill team in afternoon. Yeah, that's that's what we've been yeah. uh, doing yeah. locally when we've been trying it out. Is we've just been using just you know just random different stuff with the models we have kicking around. So it's been a lot of fun. And like that's you said, like every, everybody that's been gaming for a while probably has you know a squad of space marines somewhere or a squad Mm -hmm. of even if you just bought like you know the eighth edition box that you have a squad of plague marines kicking around Mm -hmm. it's that's one of the things that's gonna be interesting about kill team is that i can i can play kill team out of the box without painting a thing because i've already got some of the models that are required and they've been showcasing slowly some uh some teasers for all the armies Mm-hmm. So if you're already a 40k player, you can jump right into into Kill Team. And if Kill Team is as addictive and fun as some people have told me it is, slipping into those armies that you've been like looking at with the you know from the corner of your eye, sort of like winking subversively, so that your your main army doesn't notice, but like you still you're still <laughs> doing it. Um, taking that army back <laughs> home for one nine is not is, is not going to be that hard. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean the great thing about the kill team box is you know it's a great value for the terrain, but if you don't want the terrain, they're selling the book separately. And the book has the rules for every faction that's currently playable in it. So who doesn't want terrain? Uh, well, some people you know they don't they don't want to. I mean it's a great deal like the Shadow Armageddon box looks like you're getting a good amount of terrain in there, but they just you know mm. some people might just want the book, um, and then wait yep. waiting for their faction box to come out because those have terrain in them as well. You know what I'm I'm excited about? I'm going to go into the game store and I'm going to order this and I'm going to pay for it with store credit. There you go. Because I sold so much stuff at Perfect. the swap meet. The swap meet a couple of weeks ago. I guess that might have been a month, two months ago now. It's been a while. It's been a minute. But I have a, a boatload of store credit just waiting to be turned into a kill team or 12. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go I... make some bad decisions at the hobby <laughs> store this weekend. Listen, all my bad decisions are made at the hobby store. 
every time I go <laughs> in, it's just the way it works. I walked out. I with went a, in last. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I walked out with a Death Strike missile launcher uh, probably two months ago because I had one on the shelf. I don't play Imperial Guard. I'd like to someday, but I know I like Death Strike <laughs> missile launchers because they look cool. They do look pretty cool. What were you saying, Ashley? Oh, I walked in. I walked in last week to pick up some airbrush cleaner, and I walked out with like a huge bag of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's it's even tougher when like in your situation where you have store credit because you're just spending fake money. Oh, I mean that's pretty much what happened. I was like, well, I got all this store credit. Maybe I'll just oh look, they have a hobby holder in stock. Let me grab one of those. <laughs> I've, been it on to, I've, I've been meaning to try it. Oh, I guess I could use a couple of pots of paint. And, oh, look at this board game. And, oh, look at this miniature. And then, you know, a huge bag of stuff later, here I am. You know, in hindsight, maybe we should do a Modelers Anonymous podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're we're all giggling here, but clearly we have a problem. Well, um, when, you, when we talk to Dave later, we'll talk to him a little bit about his uh, Kickstarter, which actually you backed, correct? Sure did. And I actually, um, we'll put there will be a link in in the show description, but you can still get the book now, which I had not backed it, but I did after talking to Dave. I went and, and put myself on the list for a copy of the book, but it actually it talks about like uh, working through army products and stuff like that, which is I thought was really cool. Yeah, I, it's it was a really cool and interesting project, and Dave is a really great guy, so of course I was going to support it. And I'm really I only got the digital copy because I'm trying to go totally digital i've like i've like completely succumbed to the the electronic version of everything <laughs> and i i like i like physical books but i don't like the space that they take up anymore um particularly since i'm downsizing so i i backed for the 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 electronic copy of it and i'm really really looking forward to finishing that like i've seen i've seen some of his stuff in person and if you guys haven't quo yeah, the man, amazing. the man can paint. Um, so I, you know, as soon as I heard about the project, I mean, of course I, you know, I was going to back it. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to perusing it while I consider perhaps this vexing tyrannid army that I'm going to not think about while I paint tons of kill teams. Maybe that's what I need. I just need to take, take a little bit of break. time to focus, to focus on something else because they are really starting to stress me out. For the Omnissiah. For the Omnissiah. <laughs> Probably. It, uh, it is it is tough when you when you're trying to paint like a especially in your case where you're trying to figure out a scheme and you just don't you're having trouble just getting it. I think I just don't like any of them. They all turn out gross. Yeah, you know, I think Which well, like typically like, you know, of course you're always gonna be more critical of your painting than someone else. But like I I look at these and I'm like, the hell is wrong with me? I know I can paint better than this. What is what is what is going on here? And then you know, I'll strip it and start again, and then the next thing is worse, and it's just like, what am I doing? I think once you once you step back and maybe paint something else, then, you know, when you get back to it, I bet it, it clicks a little faster. Just yeah, I guess I am going to have to dig around in the hobby box and see what, uh, what kill team goodies I might be able to come up with. Very nice. Uh, so... Uh, you guys been doing anything else lately, or have we think we we covered it all? I, I think we I think we we beat that horse. Yeah, that's it's it's funny for people who haven't been doing much. We like to talk about it yeah. a lot. <laughs> well, we've been buying stuff. That's something. I have. So, 
I'm not a super big reader of military fiction. I think you guys know that. Like, I love Warhammer. I love the Warhammer world and, and Warhammer 40K, all the fluff. But I like the fluff because, to me, it gives me a canvas upon which I can create my armies. However, that being said, there has been an announcement from Black Library that I can't believe we've overlooked, or maybe like the timing was wrong, or I don't know. But Black Library announced that they're releasing a horror line, and I'm kind of stoked about this because I can't imagine why. Well, <laughs> for starters, I mean, Warhammer is these are not pleasant world. I mean. They did they did announce those Warhammer Adventure line, the comics, like uh, mm -hmm. most graphic novels, sort of uh, aimed at a younger audience. And well, I mean, we we staunchly defended the value of that product because it will bring a younger audience to the hobby. And of course, I mean, it is kind of in some certain aspects and from some angles, if you look at it right, it is a slightly silly universe. However, it's... no, there's no way that this universe is silly in any way. How <laughs> dare you even insinuate that? <laughs> I, but I don't want to undermine my further point that it is also the grim dark, at least for 40k. And I assume that it's because of the presence of demons and ghosts. I just bought a bunch of night haunts, so ghosts. Um, Age of Sigmar is also kind of ripe for horror. Also. I write horror, but we'll get back to that. Mm -hmm. So as much as I always found the existence of Black Library to be a cool thing, and I've read one or two books, like I was never really able to super get into it. But now they have a horror line that's coming out in 2019. And I'm kind of stoked about it because, I mean... One of the things that's fun about horror is that you can tell much more private, much more personal stories. Like good horror focuses, like really makes you fall in love with a character and then does really terrible things to those characters. So it's it's a complete mirror opposite of what you would get with military fiction, where you obviously you have your heroes, you have your characters, but you also have these these grand things going on. So anyway, so. Black Library in 2019 is going to be releasing this this new line. They've got three initial releases uh, coming out. Um, the first of which is uh, called Maledictions, which is a horror anthology that's featuring stories from existing Black Library authors. A couple like of Graham new McNeil. faces. Yes, like Graham Sorry, McNeil. I'm, I'm like really on the Graham McNeil train lately from reading all of the horse heresy stuff, and most of his are several of my favorites. So. I'm real excited about more I, Graham McNeil. Gra Graham McNeil is definitely, if if ever something will hook me into um, to reading more of the, the the standard Black Library fare, it's definitely going to be Graham McNeil because his writing is excellent. Not that you know Dan Abnett is is a pushover either. Um, anyways, it's a this this one's. Um, like I said, it's, it's an anthology. Like there's gonna be there's gonna be a bunch of stories. There's not that much details about it. There's also, and this is what kind of seems to be interesting about this um, this format for horror is that they're not just doing novels. Like they're doing anthologies. One of the things, the other things that they're doing, they're doing um, an audio book type thing with multiple narrators. 
um, called The Wicked and the Dam, and it's a bunch of stories set in the, four, in the, the, the 40K universe, from what I gather. Um, and it's all set under the same theme. Like, it's on a cemetery world, which the concept of a cemetery world, to begin with, is intriguing. The yeah. idea of these ships that just bring dead people to one planet, and probably some poor bastards that have to exist there. Um and it's it's a bunch of stories that's going to be set in there. And considering the production value that has gone into a lot of Games Workshop stuff and some of the stuff I've seen in various audio production for various books, I'm really eager to see what this is going to come out to be. Because I, as far as like the choice of music, some sound effects, like it doesn't necessarily need to be an audio play to have a lot of atmosphere. And if, if done correctly with good production value, you can have a really cool and creepy book. Um, well, book to listen to. <laughs> and I'm deeply intrigued by all of this. And there, there's a third one that is, um, it's another, it's an audio, an actual audio drama called Perdition's Flame. It's uh, about the Vostroyan firstborn. And this, this one I'm, curious because the, the the vague description i do have seems to be well that's not horror that's just more military fiction but as someone who has been toying with ideas of of mixing horror and some military fiction i know i said i'm not into military fiction but it is something i've been looking into for various reasons for a project i have in mind um i'm 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 totally into it and also the Vostroyans have like I've I've recently finished reading the the Terror by Dan Simmons, which is a thoroughly oppressive book um, as far as horror is concerned. It's joyless <laughs> and terrible, uh, in in all the good ways. Like I I had a bit of trouble with it because it's very heavy, um, but the Vostroyans kind of give me the same type of vibe of being a very stern, cold, and joyless people. And I can I can see it work for the same type of horror as I just, um, I don't want to say endured because I did enjoy the book, but suffered with, with Dan Simmons' terror. So these are like going to be the three initial releases, but they're also going back into the Age of Sigmar vaults because there have been some books that have been very horror oriented. I mean, <laughs> there are some vampire accounts in um, yeah, in 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 you know in, in the old Warhammer stuff. So they'll, they'll that's not Age of Sigmar really, but they'll be digging out. I think they mentioned four books that are going to be re-released as part of the horror lines that were usual that were initially released as just standard Black Library book, but that thematically fits the horror line. So the reason I'm bringing this up. This is my public plea to Games Workshop and Black Library. Hire me. <laughs> I have so many ideas. And I, I read his, his his book. It was good. They did a they did, they did a casting call not too long ago for stories, didn't they? They uh, they did. I think that's where they got some the new the the, the new uh, blood that they put in the the um, what's it called that with maledictions or maybe for future projects that's project that's still not not announced unfortunately the problem is i don't have time to just sit down and write a story without like i i can't write anything on spec right now but i will have time soon very soon as soon as i can get rid of this editing i'm doing right now which is for a horror book that's getting published so black library call me awesome yes 
do I, I suggest you reach out to JF because, like I said, I read, his, <laughs> I read his book and I, I really enjoyed it. See, Matt says you should do it. I think we That's can all, all the agree that yeah. <laughs> Matt is not a man to disobey. He sounds very mild-mannered, but his hands are constantly covered in blood. That's true. That's dark and <laughs> mis- mystifying. But apropos. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about the uh, this uh, horror line, too. It sounds really interesting. I look forward to, to reading some of these stories that they're going to come out with. And I, I mean... I'm not saying I'm going to stalk Graham McNeely if he's at Adepticon, <laughs> but Graham, watch out. I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> I'm going to make it weird. <laughs> okay, now they are getting crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our interview then. Yeah. Currently. Humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, so I'm here with Dave Taylor. You may know him from his uh, awesome miniature painting that he did on, you know, you might have seen his Games Workshop stuff. Uh, up to more recently, his Kickstarter, uh, Armies and Legions and Hordes, which Hordes. just yep. finished <laughs> up recently. <laughs> Dave, yep. how you doing? Good, good, man. How you doing? Good. Thanks a lot for coming to uh, join us today. And, of course, as uh, we get towards the end of the summer, that means that Nova is upon us, which means it's time again for the nova charity raffles which dave came and talked to us last year about yeah yeah so uh it, it's great to be back on and uh and chatting to you again about more charity efforts so uh yeah very cool so uh lots of great um raffles up there you can actually get your tickets now at novaopenfoundation.org um so why don't you tell us uh some of the armies that we got uh up there this for these charity raffles this year this year is um, – I, I think I end up saying this every year, but this year is amazing. Um, <laughs> so we've got uh, all sorts of stuff. We've got um, a about 4,000-point uh, Primaris uh, Marines army uh, painted up as Ultramarines. Uh, we've got uh, a Death Watch army up there. We've got a uh, single miniature wire. And I'm going to run through all the 40K stuff first, sure. obviously. Um, we have a Mortarian uh, painted by Duncan Rhodes of the Two Thin Coats. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Duncan donated another model to us, which was fantastic. Uh, and this is the one they actually painted in the uh, so the Warhammer TV How to Paint Mortarian video. Oh, so it was actually that particular model. It's that particular one. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, yeah, definitely super cool. Uh, we've got uh, a bunch of other 40K stuff. We've got a bolt pistol, like a prop 
uh, replica sort of thing, uh, 3D printed. looks awesome. Uh, we've got uh, an awesome hive tyrant from, uh, I think it was Mary Prophet painted that one for us. Uh, we've got uh, a Primaris captain from uh, Roman Lapat from Massive Voodoo. Uh, we have a Trajan Valoris from Keith Rudis. Uh, I actually, I painted something uh, this year for the, the summer raffles. Uh, along with Drew Palios, we did a, like a combined thing where I painted a, uh, a Death Guard Lord of Contagion, and he painted up a Blood Angels uh, Primaris Lieutenant. Oh, very cool. So with those, those two sort of facing off against each other, um, which is neat. We've got a bunch of 30K stuff as well. Um, so I know folks like the Horus Heresy. <laughs> we have um, an awesome uh, World Eaters army that's been painted by a whole bunch of... Um, Golden Demon winners, uh, lots of cool you know, customization in there as well. Um, that's about 2,000 points. We've got about 2,000-point uh, Iron Warriors army, uh, which is painted up by actually um, a lot of it was done by Ryan Kimmel, who is uh, one of the hosts on Radio Free is Fun uh, podcast. And what else do we have? We have Nathaniel Garo, who's a single miniature, painted up by Sean McAfee of Brush for Hire. Uh, and a bunch of other things that aren't in that sort of 40k, <laughs> 30k realm, uh, including a Star Wars Legion uh, starter set um, plus an ATST and uh, the airspeeder. We've got a X-wing uh, scum and villainy fleet, uh, which is being repainted uh, by Madeline Cockrell, who did the our repaint last year, which is fantastic. Uh, we've got a bunch of uh, other single miniatures uh, in there. We've got some uh, a detachment for Wrath of Kings and a warband for Dark Age, uh, both of those games from Cool Mini or Not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an Infinity Army and a Horde's Trollkin Army, uh, which is spectacular looking, absolutely beautiful. And uh, the big one that we have capping everything off is a Warlord Titan. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you can, and on the website, you can see the pictures of all these miniatures that these that have been painted by these guys, and they are uh, absolutely stunning. You know, a perfect chance to not only donate to a, a great charity, this is all for Doctors Without Borders. Um, yep, Doctors Without Borders, um, Breast Cancer Research Foundation, and the Fisher House Foundation. Essentially, um, the way we do it is each artist or group of artists gets to choose which charity they're um, – out of those three, there um, the proceeds will go to. So um, something like the Warlord Titan, for example, is going to uh, Doctors Without Borders. Great. Uh, something like I think the Ultramarines are going to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. I could be wrong on that, but <laughs> that's well, all listed. I, that's all listed on the so, side of the well. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, I mean, you guys have raised since 2013 over 130 thousand dollars already you know, for these charities. Um, so really a great cause. And like I said, you know, if you take a look at these miniatures, they're uh, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know, you can tell that they've put a lot of effort into trying to, uh, you know, make something that you got, that you guys out there want to win uh, and also donate to a great cause. I mean, I've already purchased my tickets this Excellent. year. I'm probably going <laughs> to probably gonna end up purchasing more because uh, I just, you know, I, I'd really love any of these to win any of these things. But um, so when it yep. comes to the, when it comes to what you guys are painting, uh, let's, get a little look into the process for these guys. Do you, sure. do you, do you pick what you want to paint or is it sort of a committee thing as what's going to be painted or how does that work? It, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, we, 
use all those different approaches. Uh, we send out a sort of a, a message to everybody who's participated with us in the in the past uh, and donated something and say, hey, would you like to be involved this year? Uh, if so, what would you like to work on? Would, uh, would you like to work on a 40K army? Would you like to work on a single miniature? Um, and let us know. So sometimes we gather together uh, groups of people and we assign them a team leader and that team leader mm. and, and that group will sort of determine what they're going to paint if they're painting up a... Okay. Um, I think uh, something like the, uh, for example, the 30K armies. This is the second year we've done two uh, armies for 30K. Uh, Mark Rayleigh was one of their team leads, and Ryan Kimmel was the other team lead. Uh, Mark decided World Eaters. Ryan decided Iron Warriors. And then uh, those guys provided us with the lists that they were going to paint and then gathered together their teams. Um so that was that was cool. I didn't have to do very much there at all. Uh, the the big chapter of hope, uh, Ultramarines Army and the Death Watch Army that came through, uh, that was Alexander Good who uh, painted with uh, Stiffneck Studios last year. I think that was his first time last year. It was certainly his first time cool. attending the Nova Open event, and he just got really excited last year about the whole thing, and he's just spent the last year gathering together those models, painting them up. Uh, he and a couple of other guys have, have worked on those. Uh, John McAvoy was one of them. Uh, and they basically said, hey, Dave, here's what we're going to be providing you. So it's it's kind of been a, a, a sort of a, a mix of approaches, really. But uh, we're always happy to accept any donations of really cool toy soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to see the, uh, the gaming and painting community sort of come together and, uh, you know, get these out there for for people to um, donate and, and bid on, you know, yep. uh, time, everybody's time, you know, miniature painting time, of course, you you want to paint your own stuff, but when you can sort of break away to, to do something to help out, that's a really awesome thing. It is definitely cool. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of veteran painters, a lot of veteran gamers um, who are involved there, so a lot of them already have quite a few armies. So, <laughs> yeah, cut, cutting the notch, out, sort of cutting a slice out of that hobby time is a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. For them. And... But, uh, uh, and one of the yep. great things about this uh, raffle is you don't actually have to be at the Nova Open to win, um, which is which is good because like I know I I won't be able unfortunately to attend this year, but you know I was still able to get tickets because you don't have to be there. Yeah, absolutely correct. Uh, you basically you can buy tickets from anywhere in the world. You have an internet connection. Um, purchases are through PayPal, so if you have a PayPal account, it makes it nice and easy. Otherwise, you can just use a credit card through PayPal. Um, but yeah, uh, you. Do not have to be present at Nova to win. So ticket sales, as I said, they, they've started already, and they'll be going through until noon uh, Eastern um, summertime here in the States uh, on September, Sunday, September 2nd. Um, that's when we'll shut off everything on the website uh, and do our tallying and go through and randomly select the winners um for those and we'll announce those at the event and also um put those up on our social media pages probably on the monday or tuesday that follows we post those on the on the novaopenfoundation.org uh site and we also contact the the winners via email so lots of different ways to find out if you're you've been the winner <laughs> And, uh, and for many of these auctions, there are limited tickets, so you want to get on there, check them out, and uh, get the tickets for your favorite ones now. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, but yeah, we'll 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 ship to anywhere in the world. Uh, we've shipped armies to Australia. I think we're up to three or four armies that we shipped out to Australia. That's great. Um, we shipped to Japan. Uh, we'll ship anywhere, anywhere in the world that has a valid mailing address. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So for the uh, this year's raffles, which is your favorite? And you can pick a couple if, if you need to. It's okay. Yeah, which, which ones would I most yeah, to yeah. win? Uh, I would most want to win the Warlord Titan. Um, <laughs> because, A, it's a Warlord Titan. Yeah, of course. He, <laughs> um, no, B is uh, John Steining, who uh, painted that and donated it. Uh, he has done a spectacular job uh, on that paint job. I mean, it's a, it's I'm a I'm a Imperial player, a Loyalist, and mm. he's painted a, a Traitor Legion, but still... <laughs> yeah, done such, a, such it, an awesome job. It's beautiful those flame effects and everything yep. on there. It's really nice. I'm not sure if you saw the on, on one of the knee pads. He's got it. Uh, the knee pad is split, so one side is the Legia Furion, and the other side is the um, Sons of Horus symbol. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really like, awesome. Like a yeah. lot of great freehand on this thing. Yeah, beautiful, uh, beautiful details, and uh, yeah. So I think for for me it would be that. Uh, I think if I was to win the the hordes. Pun me, Hordes Force, that would finally get me into um, playing some War Machine or Hordes. <laughs> uh, the World Eaters, big fan of those. Um, and But for sheer size, of the, that Ultramarine's army is, yeah. is really spectacular. But yeah, yeah lots, of, lots of great stuff in there, though. So Yeah, some great terrain pieces with the Ultramarine's army, too. Oh, yeah. Really yeah, nice. the... Uh, is that... Um, oh, I can, I can never remember what that piece is called. The... Uh, the Aquila's, Aquila Strong Point. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. the Strong yeah. Point. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that looks great. And the uh, it's got that huge uh, super heavy Primaris vehicle from Forge World. Yes. As part of that too. Yeah. <laughs> and Spartan. It looks like a Spartan assault tanks in there too, which is awesome. Yep. Yep. Spartan. Uh, yeah. All of those uh, all those tanks and that terrain was done by uh, John McAvoy, who um, did a spectacular Death Guard Sakarian last year. So um, yeah, he's back with some great, uh, some more awesome, uh, awesome tanks. I think there are over a hundred infantry models in that army as well. Oh, I won't wow. go and count them up now, but <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, uh, definitely yeah, it looks, looks like there's about that, yeah, hundred or so. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so you're getting pretty much a, a company of Primaris Marines to, uh, to yeah, tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's awesome. But uh, yeah, so I think we've covered all the, the important things. Oh, one of the things that I want to mention is, so tickets are either uh, $2 or $5, depending on the model. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a minimum uh, at the checkout of $10. And the reason for that is that for sales less than $10, uh, the PayPal fee, uh, basically PayPal really sort of bites into those. Yeah. Um, our aim, uh, or the thing we've always done for all of our raffles is... Uh, 95 cents from every dollar that is um, spent on the raffles goes to those charities. Uh, the other five cents, it's three cents goes to PayPal fees, and mm-hmm. two cents goes towards shipping. So, um, yeah, so that's that's what we what we do for those. So just so everybody knows, and they're not they're we're basically saying we're all um, everybody at the Nova Open Charitable Foundation is a volunteer. Right, we don't get right. For our time, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. And, and oh. as you notice, guys, he didn't say there was a maximum purchase amount, just a minimum. Oh no, no, as <laughs> much as you like. That's right. 
Try and, try and so. contain yourself, but I'll just say the Warlord is unlimited tickets. There's no, uh, no, uh, you can buy as many yeah. chances as you want for that one. <laughs> we're we're going to do something um, kind of a little bit different as well with the uh, with the Warlord, and uh, our our goal for that is um, ten thousand dollars. We'd love to raise ten thousand oh, dollars yeah. with Great Lord, which would be awesome. So at, at five dollars a ticket, that's two thousand tickets, which should be achievable, I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and after that, we'd. John and I have been talking about adding some stretch goals. Oh, cool. And getting to a sort of Kickstarter sort of, <laughs> uh, frame of mind um, where we do things that would help to sort of expand the prize pool. So first place in that, the first raffle winner would get the Warlord Titan, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then we'd hopefully have, be able to have something for like a second place winner, a third place winner, fourth place, that sort of thing. So that we could uh, – so that even if you didn't win the Warlord – there's still a chance you could get something else. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. We're going to mess around. Somebody threw around the idea of like doing um, some cloth banners. Oh, nice. Like, uh, like Titan sort of uh, crotch banners. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what the official name is. So I'm sure it's not. Yeah, right. Banner. Probably not. But... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean when yeah, I say yeah. yeah. Very cool. So Very I think cool. that'd be cool. Excellent. Awesome. Well, think, uh, yeah, that... speaking of Kickstarters, you had one that just finished up. Right, yeah. fairly recently, uh, armies and legions and hordes. So, what was your uh, inspiration for uh, for this Kickstarter? Um, well, basically, uh, I I do quite a bit of uh, design layout uh, for books uh, for companies, uh, rule books for um, for different games, um, and and that sort of thing. I do editing, I do photography, mm-hmm. and I was sitting down uh, putting together a World War Two rule book. Laying it out, um, doing the editing at the same time, uh, I designed the look of the pages, and I'd taken all the photos. So it was kind of like, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> I'm enjoying bringing all of these sort of different elements together, putting them on the page, and um, and just having fun with it. Uh, so I was like, ah, maybe I should do this for like my own book. But I couldn't write a set of rules to save my life. <laughs> So I, I kept thinking and thinking, and then I was like, went back to that old adage of um, write about what you know. Yeah. And painting toy soldiers is is what I know about. So, um, yeah, that was kind of the the genesis of the the idea for the, for writing the book about. Basically, the book is probably best described as um, project management for toy soldier armies. <laughs> so, um, it's the the idea is like ways to um help you sort of acknowledge what your inspiration is what uh look at different ways to plan plan out how you're going to put the army together and go through the process of painting it um looking at different motivations sort of on the way through uh but the idea is to, to help you complete more of your army projects it's very cool I, you know i think as most gamers probably feel, one of the most daunting tasks is, you know, it's easy to buy everything, but then oh, yeah. to actually get it together, and then when it's sitting there, just, you know, even just after assembling it, just, okay, now I have to paint these, you know, hundred or whatever models to get this army painted on the board, you know, so something like this book is a, is a great resource for anybody uh, that's a miniature gamer, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm hoping. It's um, I'm, I'm not doing it in a here's how you paint this color or here's yeah. how you paint that type of unit. There are a lot of, um, a lot of great folks who are doing content like that already, but 
I just wanted to, to, I guess, help people think, um, or not think more, but, uh, understand a little bit more about their motivations or like understand why they are, why they want to put this table, uh, this army on the table. Um, regardless what army they have, regardless of what system they play, regardless of their painting quality. Um, it's, I'm, the aim is to be able to hit everybody. And, uh, and you know, uh, some great stretch goals that came through like the scratch building and kit bashing section or, uh, you know, rebasing an army, um, all that stuff, you know, there's great content in this, in this book. Um, now yeah, there, there, there are a few things in there that I was, I was like, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit more about this and, and give, give a bit of a focus to it. Uh, because sometimes, yes, like with Warhammer to age of Sigma, for example, um, or some, quite a lot of historical gamers will change from one rule set to another, which requires different basing. So as I said, like the, those, uh, sections of the book, will have um should have some interest for, for quite a few people and yeah. for for those folks who missed the kickstarter right will it be i assume it will be available you know like through your website or something like that um well okay. actually at, uh at the moment there is uh i have the the backer kit pledge manager open uh so um people can do pre-orders through there oh great sort of sort of like a late pledge pre-order kind sure. of thing um, so that's probably the easiest way to jump in. Um, what I'm hoping to do, I'm going to be talking with, uh, some folks in the UK and some folks in, uh, here in the U S about distribution. So I'm hoping mm. that I could possibly get, uh, get a whole bunch of books into retail stores. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. Sort of across, across Europe and the UK and the U S, um, which would be awesome. Uh, and, Otherwise, there will be there will be a few uh, places online that people will be able to get it. Awesome. Well, sure. so if yeah, so if you guys are interested out there, go to that uh, backer kit uh, pledge manager right now and, and hop on um, while you still can. Yep, I'll uh, I'll send you through some links. Matt, awesome. And, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll post them up on there. our Facebook and in the uh, notes for the episode. That'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely cool. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, everything's going well, uh, with the production of the book. Basically a lot of people are like, Oh, cool. So you can send it off to the printers now. And I'm like, nah, actually <laughs> I, I didn't know if anybody was going to be interested in it or not. So that's why I've been running the Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm about halfway through writing it. Um, I have, yeah, I've got a sort of right on halfway with pages laid out, words written, yeah. Um, I've got an editor who's sort of following along behind me and cleaning up all my grammar. Um, and yeah, so I've got the rest of July and August to get the book finished, um, from my end at least, uh, sent off to the printers in September, uh, printed late September, early October, shipped back or shipped to the different sort of distribution hubs and then shipping out to, um, backers in November is the plan. Great, and anybody that's backed it will be glad to hear that you are planning to be on time. Yes. Anybody that's done it before <laughs> knows that it can it can take a little while sometimes, but <laughs> sometimes it can. And I'm really I'm really aiming to to like even if I'm if the worst case scenario I'm my worst case scenario that I can see in my mind is that I'm shipping I'm I'm packing boxes in between <laughs> bites of turkey on Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> so that's that's kind of like the 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 worst case scenario for me. Hopefully I'm going to have everything out there and people will have their stuff by Thanksgiving, but 
we'll see how. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's, uh, it, it does involve uh, shipping across water, right. so um, there's always a chance that it could happen. <laughs> but I will, I'm, I'm working to mitigate all those things. Of course, of course. Yeah. Great. Well, Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, oh, no. Thank you. And, uh, and guys, please go to NovaOpenFoundation.org. Check out all those raffles. Buy your tickets now. Like, like we said, some of, them are, some of them are limited, so you want to head over there and get that stuff now. And uh, check out our Facebook page or the episode notes for the link to uh, Dave's book if you haven't gotten yourself a copy already. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I think – Sorry, one last thing. There are twenty-two yeah. different. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, there are twenty-two different raffles in our yes. summer raffles. Yes. So, Enjoy them all. <laughs> if if you play a game, uh, a miniatures game, there's probably something for it. And if not, it's a great way to get into another miniatures game. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> great. Thanks a lot, Dave. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. All right, we're here with Caleb Wissenbach from CK Studios. Caleb, thanks a lot for joining us. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. And Caleb is here to talk to us about um, the, some of the classes he runs and the hobby hangout that they also uh, run. So, uh, Caleb, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, so quick introduction. Um, I know this is the first time I've been on the, I guess, the new iteration of 40K Radio. Um but uh, I'm, I'm part of a two-person team. We're at CK Studios. We travel around, I'd say the United States, but we've been up in Canada. We've been teaching in UK and stuff like that. Um, and we travel around. We teach uh, different painting classes. We teach at conventions. You guys have probably run into me at like Adepticon, Las Vegas Open, Nova Open. Uh, most of the large conventions, ReaperCon, stuff like that, we're, we're usually teaching there at CK Studios. I've been painting for... I don't know, about nine, eight, uh, eight years or so now. I guess it was 2009, 2010, right in there when I really started getting into painting. Uh, I'm a gamer first. I'm an avid gamer. Um, got into painting and hanging out. Um, just kind of the painting took over. I seem to be playing a lot less <laughs> games lately. Um, and that's crazy because with all the new games coming out, there's just such a choice of, man, you, just, you can play anything you want right now. It's awesome. <laughs> So I really got to awesome. get back into gaming. Uh, Eighth edition looks like it's very fun, and uh, oh, yeah, it's, it, it's a blast. Yeah. So, uh, but mainly what we do is, um, as part of our free time, uh, we don't do it full time, but um, we run CK Studios. Me and my partner Cat Jackson, um, and mainly we're just kind of traveling around, teaching a lot of painting classes. We we do everything from uh, display quality figures to airbrushing classes and the airbrushing class seem to be our kind of our niche they're the most popular uh we our, our main one is the airbrushing 101 class in fact we just finished a, a big class this weekend up in victoria british columbia it was pretty big 27 students uh over two days 16 hours of airbrushing and uh, painting on dreadnoughts it was it was a blast but uh i'm still kind of recovering from it i was a bit tired <laughs> So uh, it's good you guys wanted to go a little late uh, with the podcast because I'm just like, oh, man, tired. But it was great. It was great. We're just we're super excited. We're just enjoying it. Um, the airbrushing classes are a blast. Uh, are you guys oh, – go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say airbrushing has uh, really taken off, at least in the – you know, the miniature hobby community in the last, uh, probably, you know, right around the time you started uh, really getting into painting around 2008, 
you know, it seems like since then a lot of more people have been picking up airbrushes and experimenting with them. So I can definitely see why your class is, is so popular because I think that the 101 is sort of the toughest thing with an airbrush, you know, just how to get how to get started. And and that's exactly it. That's that's what kind of brought us to teaching the 101 was um, we started out airbrushing. I, I learned from a few um you know, I took classes. I, I just like everybody else, I had to to learn. I took classes with Matthew Fontaine and a lot of the different um, the major painters, and they kind of steered me towards airbrushing. I found that it was great when I got into commission painting. The airbrush became critical. You know, it's one of the the. There's no way I could have done the work and and created the volume of miniatures that I created without the airbrush. So uh, from there, it just took off. We started sharing kind of what we were learning. I worked with the, the War Games Consortium, um, really developed our technique, how to how to use the airbrush. And just, you know, one thing led to another. And next thing you know, we're, we're teaching these airbrush classes. Uh, the 101 is, is yeah, as it says, it's like our basic class. And it's designed to, to kind of build confidence in airbrushing. Everybody's very intimidated. There's so much information out there for airbrushing and it's such a it's it's got a, a steep learning curve once you get into airbrushing one's got a decent price tag attached to it and then like most people i you know when i first started airbrushing um i got the first thing i did you know i, I bought my airbrush you get online and you ask people hey you know how do you do this how do you do that the first things usually that we ask are like you know what what should i use to thin what like ratio of thinner should i use for my paints and what psi should i shoot and you ask that in any forum and there's like pages and pages right. and pages of answer <laughs> it's crazy you know there there's so many answers to it and there's so much information out there and it's not necessarily that any one person is wrong it's just that's how they developed and it right. uh, because of that it creates a, a a quite a learning curve and honestly quite a frustration level I know when I first started airbrushing, it was like, you know, you're so excited and you paid all this money, got everything all set up and you start airbrushing. You're like, oh, this is awesome. And within 45 minutes of your first session, it's just like, man, I'm ready to break this thing in half. I'm gonna... <laughs> your airbrush is clogged. And you... <laughs> right? And... That, that is the oh. problem, like, what, 98% of the time is you didn't clean it and therefore that is the crux of your problem? Just just everything from, from cleaning to paint prep. Um I, I, there's just there i mean really it, it comes down really important is that you learn proper paint prep and those are the things that you you kind of unless you're lucky enough to have someone show you you kind of learn by failure um and it's so frustrating i know i got to the point where i would just throw my airbrush into the drawer and i'm like forget it i, I it's faster to paint with a brush than to work with all these clogs and constantly do this. But eventually I, I learned and I developed a technique that started to work. And then once I got into commission painting, you just, you learn so many techniques because you're just, you're trying to always find the faster, quicker way to do it. The commission painting time is money. And right. um, because of that, I just developed a really good techniques. And that's what we teach in that, in this class is that confidence. And we get to teach, we get to, paint on a contemptor dreadnought which i absolutely love it's such a wonderful model for learning the airbrush because you have so many different surfaces you have round surfaces and smooth surfaces flat surfaces you know just the, the myriad of shapes and volumes and everything like that and then the model's large enough that you can kind of get in and kind of see what you're doing as you learn um mm. so that's what the the 101 class is all about is just developing that 
that confidence in airbrushing. Uh, I, I do teach some techniques. I, I teach a lot of the the basic um, traits of the airbrush, I would say, such as, you know, uh, the airbrush is inherently transparent. The airbrush only hits what it sees, et cetera, et cetera. And then I show the students how we adapt those to miniature painting, how we can make it work for army painting. And then the goal is to, that each student gets a model roughly around tabletop quality by the end of it, uh, like a CK Studios level tabletop quality. We use a lot of color modulation. We also teach a bunch of different mediums. You're going to learn how to shoot inks and glazes and washes and filters and just all these different things. And ultimately what it does is it just builds your confidence, your comfort, your comfort level in your airbrush. It's no longer um, that that difficult tool that you're so frustrated. Now it becomes part of your your hobby toolbox, you know, you have all the, your paintbrushes and your favorite paints and stuff like that. And we want the airbrush to become one of those favorites also. So that's our goal there um, with the 101. And then from there, we, we go into other classes, like we're teaching the 102, which kind of, uh, we paint that on a larger scale figure, like a 75 millimeter orc. And you, it's more of a detail brush oriented class, whereas the, the 101 is kind of a, your base coat, your workhorse airbrush class um, teaching paint prep and brush maintenance. Uh, we talk about brush hygiene, which is kind of a term that I coined that goes into the class. Everybody kind of laughs about it, but it really is an important aspect of airbrushing. And then the 102, we just build on that and, and you learn not to just be comfortable with the airbrush, but you learn how far you can take the airbrush. There's a, there's a point in the class where we go in and we, po we paint the mouth of the orc with the airbrush, it would probably be easier to paint with a paintbrush, but we take the students on that technique to where they, they actually go in and they, they'll paint the tongue separate from the gums, the lips, the teeth. You even kind of paint the plaque onto the teeth on a 75 millimeter figure with the airbrush. It's quite detailed. Uh, a lot Sounds of, almost cruel I, trying to get people to do that. <laughs> yeah. It, but you know, by the point, by the time you get to that point in the class, um, you're so comfortable and confident in your airbrush that we have we have bare bones beginners, students that have never touched an airbrush that came in and sat in on the 102. And by the end of the class, their their model is just as good as students that have been airbrushing for five years um, because it's a basics of learning technique and um, again, some learning angles and learning to prop your paint and stuff like that. It sounds daunting. It sounds intimidating. But by the end of the class, it's just like, man, there's nothing on a miniature that I couldn't paint with an airbrush if I really wanted to. And then it, it becomes a point of determining how much energy you want to put into the airbrush versus the brush. Like I said, it would probably be faster to paint the mouth with the paintbrush, but the technique, you learn it and it, your, your confidence level is just sky high at that point. Um, so that's like our 102. That's kind of the basis of that. It, it, the 101, we 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 work more. We work on that dreadnought, so it's more hard surface painting. You learn how to use light and volume and stuff like that on a hard surface. And then in the 102 with the orc, we're painting organic, so you're learning how to use how to paint softer, how to to paint in the color variations and stuff into muscle groups and into cloth and into leather. You teach uh, textures and et cetera, et cetera, like that. So. That, that class has been very, very fun. I really enjoy teaching that class because that class kind of starts to introduce the students beyond just tabletop painting. 
more into uh, display quality painting. We learn about composition and color theory and a little bit of that into the class. And that's where my heart really is in painting is that that display quality. I love I love teaching students that and kind of opening that door or that venue into the hobby to them. So I love it. We usually have students that leave that class and they start asking more about color theory and stuff like that. You're like, yeah, they're 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 getting excited for painting more than just, hey, I want to put these on the tabletop. Um, so it's it's fun. It's a really fun journey in that class. And then coming up, we're teaching the first one uh, coming up ne uh, not next month and at the end of August is um, our first 103 class that we're super excited about. That's the first time we're going to bring on another artist into CK Studios. We're painting with Sam Lentz. Um, he's a very well-known artist. Um, if you follow competition painting, he's won Golden Demons, Crystal Brushes, uh, Grandmasters from Privateer Press, Gen Con events, uh, the MHE Awards. Just, I mean, terrific painter. And his freehand is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, so the goal with the 103 is on Saturday, the students will go with me and we're going to paint um, a knight, one of the Imperial Knights. Uh, we go into like a true metallic metal style of painting. We're going to paint up all the armor and everything with the airbrush. We're going to paint the sculpture of the model. Um, if you guys are familiar with it for the independent characters, I did a Titan, a Reaver Titan for Carl Tuttle. Oh, cool. Um, and we took it to Las Vegas and it won a couple of awards in Las Vegas and stuff like that. But that technique that I used to paint that model is what we're going to teach on Saturday to our students. It's a standalone class. You don't have to have taken the 101 or the 102 to be able to take the 103. Um, and then on Sunday, Sam Lentz takes over and he's going to teach the students not just freehand, but like uh, high quality freehand and uh, just his way of teaching. Um, you don't have to be an artist to be able to do this. But at the end of it, what will happen is you'll have roughly a display quality knight. So even if you don't play knights in your army or you're playing another game system, by sitting in on that class and finishing that class, you'll have like a display quality, something that, that you can put into your display case or put up on your mantle or whatever. Um, and the knights are so hot right now, just with everything GW's doing with them. I think it's just a fantastic timing because you got the, the free blades and the renegades and all the new knights and the new codexes coming out and stuff. So it's super exciting. It's going to be our first run of it. Um, we're doing that in in the Bay Area, in San Francisco area, roughly, uh, just slightly south of San Francisco, actually. Um, so I'm excited for it. Little, little intimidated, but I'm excited. Sam's a Sam's a pretty neat artist to work with, so I want to make sure I'm I'm up to his quality. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah. So I was just looking at your your page and seeing you know all the places you're going. So um, Pennsylvania, actually being Denmark in October, that looks pretty awesome. Texas, and then you're actually coming up to my area, Quincy, Massachusetts, at, uh, in December. And oh, right on. Michigan in January of next year, so, um, and then Oregon in February next year. Yeah. And I misspoke. Actually, that 103 class is in September, so September 15th and 16th in San Bruno. But yeah, we're we're going to be all over the place. We're we're going back to Victoria. We just talked to them today about it, so we're going to be back up in Victoria next year. Um, we're looking at Phoenix, uh, Los Angeles, Southern California area. Uh, we just got, we have classes spread out everywhere. We should have classes for like, uh, 
we should have our schedule up for probably the next year here in about the next three or four weeks we should be scheduled out for until this time next year so it's crazy just uh we can't get to everywhere that everybody wants us to be i'd love to yeah we do, we can't do it but it's been so much fun well i mean it's it's, been... it's great that you travel because you know painting classes really is something that you only see at conventions right like nova or adepticon or stuff like that but with you traveling around it gives people that can't get to the conventions you know a chance to to get out and at least get a class absolutely and then what we can offer in a weekend class is just so far above what's what's in the convention classes and if you ever talk to an artist that teaches at a convention class it's really hard to teach any one real concept in like two hours you're starting to see uh, a little bit of change in that some of the conventions are starting to give three hour and four hour blocks and even a couple of six hour blocks which is really cool because you can really start to teach concepts in that but, I did one I of mean, those. It was phenomenal. We took a break for lunch midway. Uh huh. It was yeah. absolutely fantastic. We painted a whole a whole bust. It was great. Exa exactly. And look at how much more you learned in that than if you would have tried to break up that class into like three little two hour classes of a, maybe a blending yeah. class and a how to paint metallics class or whatever. Well, we actually got to finish the model, which, you know, doesn't really happen in these shorter classes, which was nice because, you know, you always go to the class, you start the thing and then it sits on your shelf and you probably never finish it. Exactly. exactly. I have so many unfinished models. From I have, I have, a, I have a whole shelf dedicated to those models for yeah. someday. Someday. Exactly. Someday. Um, yeah, so it's really nice that you're seeing that shift, but what we get to do in a weekend class is just so much better. Um, and you know, the cost is a little more, is a little more. I mean, I shouldn't say it's comparable. You're still paying for your hotel room and stuff like that when you go to a convention. And then if you break down all those little two hour, three hour block classes, you're probably paying more than a, than a weekend class. Um, but the quality is just so much higher in what you can get. I, I encourage everybody, not just CK Studios. There's quite a few people that are out now starting to do to do uh, traveling classes and start to do these weekend classes. We're getting a few of the Europeans that are coming over, um, Sergio, uh, Cal, uh, Sergio Calvo and Banshee, uh, Carol, all of those guys. If you're if it's really worth it. To, to spend the extra money to go to those classes if you're considering and looking at kind of upping your game and becoming a better painter because don't just wait to go take classes at conventions. You'll get so much more out of a traveling, a weekend class than you will out of a, a convention class. Very cool. So what, so for all our uh, upcoming airbrushes out there, what's your number one airbrushing tip? My number one airbrushing tip? is proper airbrush hygiene um clean your paint don't let your paint dry in the brush learn the proper cleaning techniques that that will save so much time and energy uh the other one is 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 learn how to prep your paint when you learn how to prep your paint and read your paint um it all the the pain and difficulty of airbrushing goes away if if you can get rid of dry tipping and you can get rid of of the paint clogs and stuff like that, just from a little bit of pre-prep, a, a little bit of extra time prepping your paint by maybe mixing in a cup instead of in the cup of the airbrush or um, just finding the proper thinner for the paint, you know, things like that. Little, the little kind of the extra effort at the start makes it so much easier um, down the road when you really start to get into painting and 
that that's the best thing I can suggest for airbrushing. And the age old question, what do you thin your paints with for the airbrush? Oh gosh. Um, Spit. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I always like to tell people, you know, the little stories about baby, I, I like baby tears and, and <laughs> nymph wings and et cetera. So, I mean, there's so many odd things out there. Me personally, I, I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm a very cheap person when it comes to airbrushing. I learned how to airbrush on GW paints, the old GW paints, not oh, the, yeah. the GW air. And I like just a, a plain 90% water to 10% alcohol mix. Um, I can use that for the majority of my paints. But with that said, there are some paints that react very horribly to isopropyl alcohol. Um, the new GW air, you have to be I, I won't say that you can't use them, but you need to be a little more mindful of it. I might change my mixture to, to more like 5% isopropyl to like 95% water. And then I add just a touch of flow improver into that. Um, scale 75 just hates isopropyl alcohol. You, you have to use the scale 75 thinner with that paint. Um, but for the most part, like 90% of the paints out there, I like to thin with just isopropyl and water and then use a dash of flow improver. Awesome. Um, so you also run a hobby hangout. Yes. Yeah, so, so Kat, my partner, um, before we kind of started with CK Studios, she started the hobby hangout. I'm not, I know Matt that you're a member of it. Uh, and what the hobby hangout is, is, um, it's just a community based, uh, I don't want to say it's like a forums. It's more of a, it's a group. It's on, it's on Facebook and it's a, it's a private group. You have to, you have to answer some questions. They want to make sure that they're not getting bots and a bunch of stuff like that into the, the group. Um, I don't, then, I don't know about your security cause I got in and <laughs> yeah, I mean, they let me in too. So they'll almost let anybody in clearly. <laughs> Bashley no, and I and... snuck in. You guys need to tighten that ship. that's awesome cat will just be dying of laughter when she hears this but um yeah and you guys are aware of it so it's it's a community-based um the whole goal of it the original goal was to have somebody to hang out and paint with a lot of us are are i hate to use the word slightly inverted but a lot of hobbyists aren't quite outgoing and either that or we just don't have time to go down to the hobby store to hang out and paint a lot of time the hobby stores are full of gamers and games and stuff like that it's hard to find an area to hobby um etc etc so the the hobby hangout was developed for people of like minds to just jump on and hang out it's it's a 24 7 ongoing uh hangout using the google hangout program um it holds up to 15 15 15 people no 10 people it'll hold up to 10 people in a room um and then there's i want to say there's like three rooms that are constantly ongoing it's worldwide they have uh they have different time zones where um, a moderator or someone will run it for european time and then as it shifts over to u.s time other moderators jump on and stuff like that and that's the goal of it it's just it's a nice kind of criticism free area to just hobby and enjoy yourself it doesn't matter what gaming sister system you're into, what you're painting, what you're playing, anything like that. Uh, the conversations we have some nights where it's like a retro music night where the person that's hosting will play music or whatever. And then we have theme nights. Uh, a lot of the different uh, organizations out there will, will um, hold 
nights where they kind of host like a uh, miniature monthly does something on Mondays. CK Studios does Wednesdays. Um, Vince Venturi gets on. Um, a lot of artists and stuff like that. So they'll like host and host something where it's titled. Maybe they're they're showing techniques or they're discussing upcoming figures, whatever. Um, but then it's also open for people to just to hang out and paint together. And from there, it just evolved into the the hobby group. And when you go into the hobby hangout on Facebook. Um, it's a very active group. There's con uh, tons of threads and chats. It's all very positive. Very, very rarely do you get negative people. The moderators really jump on people that are negative and people that want to criti criticize people and undoing them. I mean, if you go on and ask for criticism, say, hey, I did this miniature and what do you guys think? You're going to get criticism. But the most times it's going to be pretty positive. Not a lot of uh, people are going to be on there to kind of be jerks and to troll and stuff like that. So it, it's just a really nice, well-kept community to hang out with. And then they've advanced from that to the YouTube channel where you can go on. And some of the, the painters will go in there and do videos that they that – they, either they hosted an event or um, it's something that they shot at home and then they put up there. But uh, you have all the hobby cheats from Vince Ventrilli. Uh CK Studios, we did a whole bunch of stuff on airbrushing and painting and just anything that I was kind of – feeling interested in teaching at that time. Um, so it's just, man, there's a myriad of all options. I can't encourage people enough to jump onto it. It's such a great, uh, not only community, but a resource for hobby. You're going to, you're going to find like-minded people on there and you're going to find information or support or friendship or just kind of whatever you're looking for. It's, it's just a great, nice community. And it's one of those uh, Facebook pages or, you know, where you can just get lost for days looking at the pictures of, of miniatures people have put up there. Oh, absolutely. And that's the cool thing is you're, you're going to look at like pro level painters that are just putting up fantastic stuff, competition winning stuff. And then you're going to have painters that are putting up their first model they ever painted. You're going to be having people putting up uh, stuff that they're particularly proud of. And it's it's encouraged. It's not a competition. There's there's nobody voting you know, right. any of that stuff. So it's, it's great. I, I really love how fostering of the hobby it is. Yeah. yeah awesome. I mean, that, that's such a, a great group. I haven't, I'm on the Facebook group. I haven't personally done any of the, the Google hangouts yet, but uh, I don't have a, like a webcam or anything. I need to get one of those. Uh, but actually you got in JF, you guys have actually done the Google group hobby hangout, right? I, I've tried it, but I think they know I'm coming because each time I log in, it's empty. Oh. I have very strange hours and leave, lead a very bizarre life, so that's probably part of the problem, too. Not a lot of painters at 3.30 a.m.? <sighs> Listen, I sleep an average of three and a half hours a night. <laughs> Actually, you not always the same nights yeah have you hopped on there actually not in ages because i'm yeah. lame <laughs> i just I just, I just i just don't have i just don't you have time. a lot of hobby time lately yeah just everything else going well, you've been on. on there before though right yeah it's just yeah. It's, again it's been a minute <laughs> oh and and we're, we're all kind of stuck in there i i hate to admit it and ck studios hasn't done their workshop wednesdays in about a month and a half, almost two months now, because just life has gotten involved. And this summer has been like crazy 
crazy Traveling for all those classes, I'm sure, isn't helping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, you know, we, we time that pretty well. I mean, because it's 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 not our full-time jobs. I, I have a full-time job. Kat's semi-retired, owns an IT company. Um, because of that, we limit to, to where we just do it once a month, which is it's nice on our families. It's nice for our sanity. Um, and it's nice because we don't we don't have to make that a, our our means of of income, you know, to to put food on the table. So we get a lot of leeway with what we get to do there. We we get to to kind of be a little easier and it's a little less stress for us. We can really enjoy it. Um, but life still gets in the way. And like I said, I haven't been on really regularly in almost a month and a half to two months right now. But we're trying to get back onto that. In fact. Uh, me and Kat kind of have a little challenge to ourselves right now. We're both starting new 8th edition armies. Um, I'm doing a, a Lamenters Primaris army. And, of course, she's doing Death Guard, which the Death Guard models are so gorgeous. But we've kind of stalled out on getting them built. And, you know, we're just like, man, we, we want to have something fun. So what we're doing is we're calling it the five-point challenge. Uh, every two weeks, we're going to get five points of power level painted. Um, cool. And then it, it, it's only for bragging rights. But what we're thinking we want to do is open it up to the community and everybody can jump on like on certain nights and just do the five point challenge with us. Uh, there won't be a specific topic. It's just going to be sit down, get encouraged, paint, ask questions, um, just an interchange. I'll be painting on my Lamenters. Kat will be painting on her Death Guard. And it's just going to be fun. It's going to be really enjoyable and kind of get back into the the community feel that we have at CK Studios and at the Hobby Hangout. So I invite everybody to join us on that. Uh, the cool thing is, too, is that we just uh, invested into the higher level, um, the higher level Google Hangout. Uh, it allows 25 people instead of the basic 10. And oh, then wow. it's in it's in uh, 4K high def. So as long as your as long as your system and your camera can support it, it will go out in like a 1080p or I guess it's 4K. It's not even 1080p, whatever the 4K is. But it's super high definition. Uh, My camera will do that. So you guys will see some stunning, uh, nice camera. I shouldn't say stunning, but some great camera work. You can really get in and look at what we're doing and uh, the techniques we're using. We're using that for our for our tutorials and our how-tos and everything also. Um, so that's really fun. We're excited about that. And it's been working great for a few months now. We haven't we haven't filled a room up to 25 yet, though. I'd love to, to see us crack the limit on that one. Awesome. awesome. That's very cool. Um, so uh, for a, a longtime painter, a uh, couple questions. What was the first model you painted? Do you remember? The first... Yep, I, I, I totally remember. The first model I ever painted was back in 2009. Um, I bought the Terminator Librarian, Ooh, and nice. I, I, I painted him in purple because uh, the way I got into this hobby, I was reading the Soul Drinker's Omnibus. Uh, I, I, I love reading books, and <laughs> I was actually playing World of Warcraft, and I pretty much got told if I don't stop playing World of Warcraft – uh, the computer's going to get thrown out in the street. So, I, I yeah. I understand very... where you're coming from, <laughs> having also been in that position. Yeah. That, that it's was... me or World of Warcraft. Exactly. Uh, you know? so, tough decision. <laughs> tough decision. Well, you just, I need... you just can't stop playing. It's, oh, it's, oh, it's, it, was it just so gets you. you know? It uh, is. I'm, 
I, was I can't. Ever, I can't go back into it. I'll never stop. No, I. I can't touch. I like. I literally cannot touch computer gaming because I. I, I have no willpower and no, no self control. It's miserable. So, so, so I, I paint I miniatures that instead. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I replaced that with painting, and um, so that was my first miniature I painted, and it was a blast. I, I loved it. It was horrible. Oh, I so wish I still had it. <laughs> um, it was horrible. It was awful, but. It just, it kind of got me into painting and I wasn't necessarily into like competition painting or anything. I was just enjoying myself. I was way more into the gaming side. I loved the gaming and the competition of it. I was a tournament player going to Adepticon and all that stuff. And then um, the local local paint competition at the store kind of caught me and got me the bug. Met a couple of Golden Demon painters and learned that there's so much more to miniature painting than just putting three colors onto a model and I was hooked from that point. And, uh, that even the, the competition painting kind of feels that, that competition need I have, I don't know what it is. I have to, I have to compete. <laughs> I'm, I'm just wired that way. So yeah, that's, Very man, cool. that's the road. <laughs> and what has been your favorite model that you've painted? My favorite model that I've painted, gosh, of all time, um, and I have painted so many. I I would say my favorite model that I've painted would probably be the the Emperor's Children uh, 30k squad that I painted up um, for for Heresy Weekend. That would probably be my favorite my favorite model to date right now. Usually my favorite model is the next model that take my push me to the limits and then when i accomplish it i'm super happy but those guys were like the culmination of my abilities up to that point so i think that's that would be my favorite model right now awesome well um is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners about any other um so you're going to be at the nova open in uh in labor day weekend right no this year we're not doing nova open um Unfortunately, man, everything fell on Labor Day weekend. ReaperCon, Nova, Dragon, all of those fell right on Labor Day weekend. And um, my my son is is playing football this year, and Labor Day weekend is kind of a big weekend for some of the camps and stuff like that. And I've missed it for like the last four years from being at Nova Open. So this year, I decided I'm going to take Nova Open off and uh, kind of spend it. With, with my son and football and everything this year, but okay. I'll be back. Cool. I'll, I'll definitely be back for sure. But this year, yeah, we're, we're taking a break for it. Our next convention that CK studios will be at, will be, um, uh, Las Vegas open. And, uh, man, do we have a lineup of classes for that? Excellent. Okay. So the next con people can see you at is Las Vegas open. Um, plans to be at Adepticon next year. Oh, for sure. For awesome. sure. Or Depchcon. And you can also see um, where they are holding their classes at the website ckstudios.bigcartel.com. Um, and as uh, as Caleb was saying, they'll have their uh, classes up for the next year uh, and fairly fairly soon, you know, probably within the next month or so, you think you'll have all the your next classes for next year up. Yeah, and, and the Big Cartel, that's our shop. So if you go there, that's how you can purchase the classes. 
if you want more information on classes or you want to know the schedule or maybe even talk to us about um, an area that you would like to see CK Studios at, uh, you're always welcome to contact us at CK Studios on Facebook. I want to say the, the address is CK Studios forward slash come paint with us. Um, but if you just do a search for CK Studios on Facebook, it'll come up. Uh, and you're always welcome to, to message me personally at, at Caleb with some back. I, I will try to answer as many questions as I can, but we're always open. Um, also, you can catch us on the Hobby Hangout. Message us there. If you have questions about painting, that's a great place to go. You might not get answers from us, but there's so many people in the community. Like I said, we have Vince Ventrelli, uh, the Miniature Monthly um Oh, gosh, there's so many people, David. I mean, just you never know who's going to pop in there, Sergio. Uh, a, a ton of great painters, so you always will get great uh, techniques and stuff there. But you can always try to message us there, too. Uh, so I think we're pretty easy to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, yeah. So that is just The Hobby Hangout on Facebook. Um, so, yes. And if you're not you know, following that page or on that page, go ahead and, uh, and follow and join because, like you were saying, you know, there's a bunch of great – huge community out there that can give you advice you can just spend hours looking at the different miniatures and uh and hop on that hobby hangout on google too and, and you know just sit around and paint with some people yep. and then if you want to catch me on freebooters um i, I want to oh i believe it's ck studio without an s i don't know why i end up doing that but that's my username there also or my my member name or whatever you call it awesome well caleb thank you so much for joining us all right, thank you for having me on. Yeah, and we'll have to uh, touch base with you at Adepticon next year. Oh, for sure. We'll have to share a drink or something. This yeah. seems to be a theme with me. <laughs> I, I like sharing drinks. So Awesome. Then definitely we have to do that. That's just part of Adepticon, is sharing drinks. You have to. When it's, do. yeah, tradition. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. Right, hey, thank you. All right, so that was Dave Taylor and Caleb Wissenbach. Um, you know, as we mentioned, please check out the the Hobby Hangout and CK Studios, as well as uh, um, Dave's Kickstarter. And please do go to the Nova Open webpage and uh, get those charity tickets. Like like we were saying, there's limited supply on some of those tickets, so if you want to get, get your chance, now's the time to do it. There's a lot of great stuff out there. I personally uh, got some of those Warlord Titan tickets myself. <laughs> that one um but uh yeah head over there check out those those auctions really for a great cause you know get some tickets um and like we like we were saying you know you don't have to be at the nova open to win they'll they'll mail it right off to you so don't worry about that definitely gonna have a look um i'm gonna have to check the rules because here in quebec sometimes we have a we have problems with uh with raffles and things but if i can i will probably participate because charities are good they actually, yeah, Dave, uh, I know you weren't there for the interview, but Dave was saying, like, they've shipped to Australia, they've shipped uh, to Europe, they shipped, uh, I think, the first time last year to China, so I, I think you're okay in, in good old uh, yeah. good old Montreal. So that's not a shipping thing, is that sometimes we have, like, we have these regional laws. Oh, for contests and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So I just have to, I just want to be odd place that you live. Mm, yes, Canada is a magical land of polar bears and maple syrup and poutine. <laughs> it's fine. Well, you can always uh, put Ashley Rye's name on the ticket, and then uh, you know 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. I mean, like I said, it's, it's a charity. The whole goal is just, yeah, to, yeah, just, to, just to give back. So it's not about winning. It's about winning. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhas Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhas Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies. <laughs>